Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Father, your disciples said, Lord, show us the Father. Lord, I pray that through your word tonight that you would give us a glimpse of, of your son hanging on the cross. I pray that you'd give us a glimpse of his resurrection. I pray that you'd give us a glimpse of him stopping in the clouds. Prepare our hearts, Lord, for this event as we try and attempt to prepare others. In Jesus' name, amen. There are some things in the Bible we can understand easily, but then there are some things in God's Word that we just don't understand. And we will not understand until we come into the presence of the Lord Jesus, and He will make all things new. Blessed are the pure in heart. How does your heart check out tonight? How does mine? Do we have a heart murmur? Do we have a hole in our heart? Do we have a weak heart? Do we have a strong heart? Does our heart skip? Do you ever have chest pains? Your heart letting you know, hey, I'm lacking some blood here. I'm trying to pump. Or do we have a bypass? Some people in the world today are looking for a bypass on the spiritual side. Let me tell you something. There are no bypasses. There are no bypasses. Now today in our physical travels, we love bypasses because it bypasses the downtown traffic. And we love bypasses. But think about the bypasses today. A lot of wrecks happen on the bypasses because the speed doubles, even triples sometimes on the bypasses. In our lives today, on the spiritual side, it's not good to take a bypass. We need to go straight through what the Lord has asked us to go through. You remember he told his disciples, his disciples said, Lord, you don't, you don't need to go through Samaria. He, Samaria. he said, I have a need to go through there. He could not, his father was not going to allow him uh, to bypass uh, Samaria. And we know why after we read the whole story because there was a woman there that needed the Lord. Sometime in this life again, we bypass things because we don't want to run up on somebody that we're going to have to witness to. So we take a bypass. And that's not God's idea. So tonight as we look at this um, eighth verse, blessed are the pure in heart. Who are they? How are they operating? And where are they going? First of all, um, the matter of being pure in heart is dealt with all the way from Adam and Eve all the way to the book of Revelation. You remember, it was a perfect garden, a pure garden. Adam's heart was pure. Eve's heart was pure, but sin messed it up. All the way to the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 14 says, Blessed are they that wash their robes, wash our heart, keeping our lives clean. 
that they might have the right to the tree of life. That they might have the right to enter into and through the gates that leads to the city of God. Where the street is pure gold. I can't imagine that. Where the river runs down through the center and all manner of fruit is there for for you and I to partake of when we as God's children arrive. Uh, Over the last, let's see, last evening and this afternoon, we've been to graduation parties. And I mean, the, the tables were spread. But I can't imagine how the table is going to be spread at the Lamb's Supper. I can't imagine that. Marriage Supper of the Lamb. So what is the context for being pure in heart? What did Jesus refer to in this particular passage? What issue was he addressing those that he was addressing um, at the time of, of the Lord Jesus Christ's entrance into the world, Israel? His chosen nation, Israel, was in a desperate condition. Economically, they were in bad shape. Politically, they were corrupt. And on top of all of that, they were spiritually bankrupt. Again, I think when I think of our heart physically, when we go for physicals, uh, you know, one of my such physicals, he said, we're going to give you a stress test, okay? I'd had many of those, walking, running, uphill. And this particular time, my blood, uh, not pressure, my heart rate, it, it wouldn't go up. And I mean, I'm running, and they're monitoring. They said, we can't get the heart. You've got, can you go one more minute? I said, I'm going. And they tilted it on up more, and I'm trotting. Finally, they said, listen, in 10 seconds, we're going to shut this down. We want you on the table over here. Shut it down, put me on the table. Started checking, said, we're going to have to do a nuclear test. Maybe that'll do it. Well, buddy, that done it. I mean, it put the thing in high gear. I mean, racing position. What did it say to them? Hey, I can get stressed out. I told him, I said, man, if you want me to get my heart rate up, give me a wheelbarrow and load it with something and let me push it uphill, and that's when I go to hurting. All these mechanical devices and what have you. I mean, I'm just laying there cool as I can be, you know. And I felt it when it went to racing. It reminded me of a drag car. Fisting to let the clutch out. But hey, then he shut things down. Uh, But they were bankrupt spiritually. I mean, their hearts were not right. And the Lord Jesus is just trying to show them. And at this time, Christ began his ministry because he saw the need of these people. Israel was burdened. And they were oppressed because of the authority of the Pharisees. I mean, the Pharisees had made rules it was impossible to keep. It's like, hey, we don't want you part of this group. You know, I've had people say, what does it take to join your church? Well, first of all, it's not my church. It's the Lord's. I'm just here pastoring and preaching Well, what does it take to join there? 
I said, you got to be saved. If you're not saved, then let's get saved and be baptized and become a member. And then I would ask you that you would be faithful to his service. Now, because of these people's inability to keep the law of Moses, which, hey, that's our law today, the Ten Commandments. And most recently I heard uh, this guy says, hey, the Old Testament is irrelevant. We don't need that. Um, A preacher, we don't need that. Well, my goodness. Hey, I am thankful for the New Testament. But I'm I'm just as thankful for the Old Testament that led to the New Testament. And many times, our Lord, if it's not relevant, why in the world did Jesus in the New Testament refer back to the Old Testament? He said, I didn't come to do away with it, but I come to make it real. It was a shadow, but the shadow is gone. And the real thing, the real deal is, is here. Okay? Then came John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, he had a, he had a, he had a great audience, a following I mean, a great crowd of people, and they were crying out for a, not for another set of rules, but for a Savior who could help them through life. And, of course, John prepared them. That's what the Old Testament says. There will be one coming, crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And then when John introduced Jesus. He said, there he is. I told you. He's coming. There he is. He's come to take away the sins of the world. You see, life uh, on the spiritual side is not based on a set of rules. It's based on redemption through repentance. That's what John's message was. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay? So, okay, people say, well, why hasn't he come? I mean, it's hundreds of years. Why hasn't he come? Remember, God, with, with God, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. God's not keeping up on time, okay? We do. Well, I've been here 70 years, and it's the same message. Some of you have been here longer than that, and it's the same message. Some of you are very young and you're just getting started. And it's the same message. Thank God the message does not change. Jesus said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. I mean, I am thankful uh, that it's that way. When we look at these, these situations, many of the people who met Jesus had a longing in their hearts. The Pharisees, old Nicodemus. He came asking a question, and it was simply this. Hey, what can I do? And Jesus said, son, you must, not maybe, not might, you must be born again. We see the multitude, 5,000 fed. Well, they not only were physically hungry, but they wanted to know how to get into the kingdom of God. Then there was the lawyer who simply asked, What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Well, then we have the young ruler who asks the same question. We have the rich ruler there say, hey, what can I do? What does it cost me? I mean, I'm prepared to pay. 
What does it cost to get into your church? Well, the price has already been paid. Jesus paid it all. Now, we too have questions. How can, how can a person find relief from the guilt of sin? Okay, it's one thing, listen. It's one thing to say, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me and forgive me of my sins. Okay, I've done what the Bible said. But then there's that haunting. Hey, I remember what you were. I'm not sure you've gotten straightened out yet. You might want to redo it and over and over. And there are some um, faiths today. They believe, hey, you've you got to be saved over and over and over. And the Bible talks about if every time we do that, after we're saved, every time we do it, we put the Lord Jesus on the cross again. Well, I don't want to do that. I bear a cross in my pocket, but it does not have an image of Jesus on it. If I had a cross that had Jesus on it, I'd take him off of it. You know, put him up there on a cloud somewhere because that's what I'm looking for next. Okay, he's done been through that, and thank God he's not going to have to go through that anymore. Uh, he did it for you. He did it for me. So what's the spiritual standard uh, that Jesus has? You see, man tends to measure himself by his fellow man. Well, I'm as good as they are. I mean, hey, I go to church three times a week. I sing in the choir. I take up the offering. I teach a Sunday school class. I'm on the deacon board. I pastor the church. Hey, I'm better than they are. I'm doing more than they're doing. We need to compare ourselves with the Lord Jesus. You know, what's he doing? What did he do? And then that old slogan, what would Jesus do? Lynn and I missed our boat probably, I don't know, probably early 80s. Does anybody have any idea when the slogan, what would Jesus do, came out? Does anybody? Huh? In the 90s? All right, this was in the early 80s. I had worked all day. It was cold. It was raining. And I was soaking wet. I had come in the parsonage and had just taken off my wet clothes. And somebody rang the doorbell. I had some other clothes on. I went to the door. Here stood a little child. I would say maybe, maybe about Emma's age. Preacher Kenny. I said, yes, baby, what is it? She said, we're cold. We don't have any firewood. I said, darling, I said, ain't a thing I can do. All the wood I got is soaking wet. I'm sorry. She said, okay, I just wanted to come and ask. I don't know who brought her. She turned and walked away. I shut the door and walked back in the den, and Lynn said, who was that? And I told her. I said, what am I supposed to do? I said, I've been out all day. I'm soaking wet, and I don't have any dry wood. She says, Lynn simply says, what would Jesus do? She didn't say anything else. I went and put my wet clothes on. <laughs> I went and got that wet wood. I cut it up, and I carried it over to the house and unloaded it. And you know who came to the door? That little girl. What would Jesus do? What would he do in today's society and other than that, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if he were going to join a church, what church would he join? 
Interesting. What church would he join? It might shock us to know that probably he would visit all that he could and not join a one. You know, who's welcome here? Now, those of you who came and worked in and and were here in Bible school, I I thank God for the caliper, I guess that's a good word, maybe maybe not, of people who came to Bible school. Now, this might not be the best statement to make, but I would say that most of them that we had never seen before or not members here go to church hardly nowhere. There was a lady came up. We were, uh, Brother Danny was giving out the coins uh, in uh, the pamphlets right over here, and I was too. And the, and the lady, she came by with her children, and she had the coin, and they had one and the pamphlets. I said, uh, it's so good. I said, thank you for coming this week. She said, I'm coming back, and I'm going to bring my husband. Wonderful. Listen, it's up to you, it's up to me to welcome these people. They're all around us. No, they don't act like, they don't look like, they don't dress like us, but they're people that have a need of the Lord. Now, I know, hey, some people were against the kind of Bible school we had, but who would have come? If we'd had just a normal, regular Bible school. And I'm not saying they won't come. Maybe we'll do that next year. I don't know. But here again, reaching people is our responsibility. And if our hearts, if we want our hearts to be pure and be blessed, we're going to have to reach out. Advertise. You know, I love to watch my cowboy pictures, but I despise the, the advertising. I don't plan to buy anything, and I'm not interested in what they're advertising. But rec- well, not recently, some time ago, Lynn bought me a DVR. Am I saying that right? I don't know how to program it, of course. So she programs it for me. Okay, and hey, I'm watching my shows, and she taught me how to avoid the advertisements. I got it down to a sign. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and my show's running again. I mean, hey, I mean, I love it. I don't care nothing about all that junk they want to sell. I mean, hey, move on to the next scene. I can't wait to see it. Even though I've seen so many of them a lot of times so much, I know what the next scene is, but I don't, I don't well, hey, forget the advertisement. God set the standard through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Maybe Mark can help me out. I don't know the name of the song, but his footprints in the sand or something other, where it says, hey, there was only one set, and then I saw two sets. He said, and then there was one set. What happened? That's when I carried you. It's amazing how God will carry us through places and things when we look at it as impossible, <clears throat> excuse me, to do it. Um, the Lord didn't say we had to be better than the Pharisees, better than the immoral person, or better than the, the liar, the thief, or the cheat. He just said, I want 100% pure heart. Pure heart cleansing, washing by the Holy Spirit of God. 
Psalm um, 24, verses 3 and 4 says, Who? This is a good question. And I use it sometimes during funerals. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Who's going to do that? Who's going to be there? And he says, He who hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Who hath been straightforward, upright, outright, inright, right, pure heart. Who's going to enter this kingdom? Who's going to heaven? Who's going to be saved? Who is fit for the kingdom of God? He that put his hands to the plow and looketh back, what does it say? Is not fit for the kingdom of God. Hey, have you ever plowed anything? Go to looking back and you're still going plowing. Look back and say, hey, you know, I'm plowed up something. We've already plowed up something. You know, I think of an old, I believe it was a, a C. Alice Chammer. Some of you old boys can help me now. This, that, that C. Alice Chammer had a wide seat. Am I right? Am I wrong? Help me out. Had a wide seat. It wasn't a single seat. It's a wide seat. Well, this little old tractor. I see you, Daryl. Was it or was it not? Oh, boy. You, you probably plowed oxen. This, this tractor, I was hired to plow this man's corn. And he says, he said, you got to be careful with this old tractor. He said, it only has right-hand brakes. It will not turn left. Forget it. So he says, as you're plowing my corn, it's a two-rower. He said, when you get out to the end of the row, you turn right, you skip two rows, and you turn in the other rows. And when you get to the end, you're turning right again, and you're turning right again. How many times did I forget? Only Lord knows. And, I, and that, that old tractor reminds me of my life sometime because after a good lunch at his house, he put me back on that old tractor and the exhaust was coming right back in me and I'd be like this and be done plowed up corn. You know, I never got fired. I never got fussed at. I'm satisfied he knew. He knew. God knows when I'm a plowing in the wrong direction. And he's waiting for me to wake up. Because if, if I'm plowing in the wrong direction or, hey, my heart is off beat. My heart is skipping. Maybe it has a murmur to it. And I need to see the physician who is God the Father. Now Ephesians 6, 6 says, do the will of God from the heart. You know, we say, <clears throat> we say, just follow your conscience. Hey, I don't know about that. What's the difference in your conscience and your heart? Which one speaks to us? Amos and Andy, old kingfish, his conscience spoke to him. He said, that's you, conscience. <laughs> One or the other, hey, we know when we're in the wrong. We know when we haven't done right. And God waits on us to come and ask uh, for forgiveness. God wants changed hearts. King David said in Psalm 51, create. He didn't say recreate. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Psalm 9, verse 1 says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. 
my total being, all that I am or ever hope to be, belongs to the Lord and not me. The kind of purity today that exists, exists only in God. There's nothing else that can make us pure. Uh, it is important, it is essential. If God is to be the light in my life, like light from the sun, and like, listen to this, like wetness is to water. You say, that's crazy. All water's wet. Well, hey, what if you tasted a drink and it wasn't wet? You know, sometimes we just want a good mouthful and swish it around and spit it out. We just need that thirst up on the top side uh, quenched. Okay? Um, our position, we're made pure uh, through the righteousness of the Lord Jesus because my righteousness is what? Come on. Filthy rags. And so, hey, I can't make you right. You can't make me right. Uh, if you got my righteousness, I got yours, we're still both in a mess. We must have the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, how can I be pure in heart? Well, you can't purify your heart on your own. But we can, listen, we can by faith. In 1 John 1, 7, he says, If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Think about that, one with another. <clears throat> if you can't, why can't you? If I can't, why can't I have fellowship one with another? In order to do it, we must have the blood applied, the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, His Son. The Bible says, cleanses us from all sin. There is no sin that God don't know about. Okay? There might be a sin that you don't know about, that I don't know about, but there is no sin that my God does not already know. And 1 John 1, 9 simply says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful, He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All of it. Not part of it, not some of it, but all of it. Last of all, what purpose is made, excuse me, what promises are made to the pure in heart? What's, what's the promises? Do you know what happens when our heart is purified by salvation? What happens? We live in the presence of God. We feel and sense His presence. That comes through the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us, that speaks to our heart. The Bible don't say it speaks to our conscience. It says He speaks to our heart. All right. Now, you know and I know, we don't see God physically with our physical eye, but we feel and we sense His presence on the spiritual side. I think of Moses standing before the burning bush. <clears throat> People said, so what? Set fire to a bush and see what happens. It burns up. This bush didn't burn up. That's what, that's what really drew his attention. He saw the bush. It was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. And when he really got it, listen, it just didn't happen that way. When, when God got his attention, then God spoke. said, hey, take your shoes off because the spot where you're standing is holy ground. In other words, I want to speak to your heart. Be still and know that I am God. 
And um, Philip asked the question to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father that it will satisfy us. And Jesus said, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. If you've heard me speak, you've heard my Father speak. For I speak the things of my Father. I come to do not my will, but the will of my Father. Someday, we as Christians will see God with our real eyes. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 simply says, We shall be like him, and we will see him as he is. I can't imagine what he looks like. There's coming a day when we will see Christ also face to face. Will it be for condemnation? Or will it be for clearing to land on the runway in heaven? You know, it's up to us. The purer lives we try to live, and the more God reveals himself to us, the harder the devil kicks. Trying to hinder us from having a pure heart and to do his will. Herein lies the problem. We ask ourselves, does God have all of me? Does he have my eyes, my ears, my lips, my hands, my feet? Does he have all? I can't say that he does. Because Satan sees to it that I think thoughts I shouldn't have. I look at what I shouldn't. I have all kind of crazy things going on, especially when I'm trying to concentrate on what God wants me to concentrate on. He's there. Satan is real. And he will and can destroy this body. And eventually he will, but he cannot touch the soul. Blessed is the pure in heart. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for this time to be together. Thank you for our people, Lord, who are faithful to come back on Sunday night. I pray that you bless every home that's represented in here. Lord, I'm satisfied that, that, that some could have stayed at home tonight. Some are here, they don't feel well. But I thank you for their faith and their faithfulness. Honor that for them tonight, Lord. God, we ask your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. And